Well, about a month ago, I had asked Pastor Bill to share the word today, um, just in the sense of giving him an opportunity to preach. And um, I later realized it was Pentecost Sunday. And uh, I heard the message this morning, and this is a good message. I'm telling you, this is a good message. This message could be preached in any church in the community. I think every church needs to hear this message, as a matter of fact. It's about the Holy Spirit. It's about Pentecost. And you, you know the term, uh, that church is dead? You know why, why any church would be dead? Because the Spirit of God isn't there. But that's so unnecessary, Every church is welcome to have the Spirit of God at work in their midst. So give Pastor Bill a warm welcome as he comes today. <laughs> Good morning, church. You know, um, when I initially was preparing my message for today, I didn't know it was Pentecost Sunday either. So, which tells me something, that maybe uh, we don't focus on it too much. Maybe we don't think about it enough, about the, the, the importance of this day. Um, so when he, when he asked me to preach, I didn't even realize, and then he told me, and uh, I, had, I had thought I was going another way, but uh, um, through prayer, the Lord led me to where he wanted me to be, and it was on Pentecost. Um, and... Um, I think it is very, 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 very crucial we realize what happened on this day and the results of it, but even what led it to this day. And, and um, you know, preparing this message opened my eyes to many things I didn't even realize how, how everything is strategic and everything he does, and that included this day. So um, I want to pray real quick, and then, um, then I'm going to get into the, uh, a little, the word. Lord, I just thank you for today. Lord, I thank you for... Um, I thank you for your Holy Spirit, Lord. I thank you, Lord. This is a day of celebration, Lord, where we can celebrate, Lord Jesus, your sending of your Spirit, Lord Jesus, that gives us what we need in every area of our lives, Lord. I thank you for that, Lord. And I just pray today, Lord Jesus, let this be a time of celebration, Lord, and a time in your Word, Lord, and a time in your Spirit, Lord Jesus, and that you lead us and show us what you want to show us today. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right. Um, so... A lot of people don't realize that this day was celebrated before the day of Pentecost in, in, in many ways. It was called many other names also. Pentecost Sunday um, was also called the Festival of Weeks. And, um, and it talks about that in Deuteronomy 16, 9 through 12. It says, count off seven weeks from the time you began to put the sickle to the standing grain. Then celebrate the festival of weeks to the Lord your God by giving a will offering in proportion to the blessing the Lord your God has given you. And you rejoice before the Lord your God at the place he will choose as a dwelling for his home, for his name. You, your sons and your daughters, your males and female servants, the Levites in your towns, and the foreigners and fatherless and the widows living among you, remember that you were slaves in Egypt and follow carefully these decrees. So right there you can see this was a celebration that was going on. This was the festival of weeks. That's what it was called. It was also called the festival of harvest at the same, around the same time. And that was spoken in a... Exodus 23:16 it says celebrate the festival of harvest with the first fruits of the crops you sow in your fields. It was also called day of first fruits. 
as written in the book of Numbers 28-26. On the day of first fruits, when you pre- present to the Lord an offering of new grain during the festival of weeks, hold a sacred assembly and do no work, regular work. So the day of Pentecost was a big deal. It was where people came together. People from all over came together. Those who believed and feared the Lord came together. And they, and, and they, and they offered thanks to the Lord. The day of Pentecost, the 50th, 50th day after the Sabbath of Passover week. Leviticus 23, 15, 16 says, From the day after the Sabbath, the day you brought the sheaf of the wave offering, count off seven full weeks. Count off 50 days up to the day after the seventh Sabbath. And then present an offering of new grain to the Lord. So this was a day of celebration with joy and thankfulness for the Lord's blessing of the harvest. So they were thanking God for the harvest, for what, what, they, what God had given them. And today it's still a day, a day of thanksgiving for what God has given us, which is the Holy Spirit. It's still a day of thanksgiving today for the, the power and the fulfillment that he's given us. In Judaism, Pentecost was traditionally seen as the day Moses received the law. Today, it is seen as the day the Spirit came to fulfill God's promise as given in the law and the prophets. This was the fulfillment of what he promised us. Now, I would like to look at the day of uh, Pentecost that we celebrate. The title of my message today will be The Blessing, The Blessed Infilling. And we're going to look at the book of Acts, verses 2, I mean, chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. No, 1 through 12, sorry. <laughs> All right, so, so, book of Acts, verses, chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and to begin to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there was, they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment. Because each, of one, each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, Aren't all of these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hear them in our native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia... Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said they had too much wine. Well, the first thing I saw here in this passage when I read it over and over again was that 
They were all gathered in one place. Now we know that the 120 were in the upper room who were waiting for the promise, as Jesus said. They were all gathered together in that upper room. But understand, there was something special going on outside of the room also. There was the festival that was going on. So there was many, 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 many people from all, all nations gathered outside in the temple also. Then you have, the, in the verse 2, you have the blowing of the violent wind that filled the room, in verse 2. And we know this as the Holy Spirit came in. The Holy Spirit filled this room. And then in verse 3, you see the Spirit again re- represented with tongues of fire on them. Now this is, either, this is either on some, most likely on the 12, especially the 12, but it could be the whole 120. But especially the 12, as you will see as, as the scripture goes on. Then they were filled with the Holy Spirit, in verse 4, and started speaking in other tongues. But then in verse 5, and most likely poured out into the temple, or was seen by them that were in the temple. So understand, there was something going on in this room, but this, the people that were outside of this room also saw what was going on, and were amazed by it. Which was, um, which was filled with God, and these were God-fearing people from all the nations. It doesn't say some of the nations, it says all the nations. It says all the nations around had come into this place. The crowd in verse 6 was in bewilderment because they were hearing all their own languages. So understand this. All these people came together, all different languages, and they were hearing their languages by people that do not speak their languages. Because God was showing himself who he was, and he was showing his spirit to them right there. In verse 7, we see the identification of those speaking in these other tongues as being Galileans. Well, we know that the apostles were Galileans. Eleven of them were. The twelfth, which was Judas, was not a Galilean, but he was not no longer with them. So they were Galileans, so that we know that they were, they were definitely filled with the Spirit. They were the Galileans. They were, and, and it makes sense. They were speaking all of these languages of all of these different nations outside from there. Then in verse 8, we see that they were speaking their native languages, and, and, they, they, and this had to do with nations as close as Judah, but also nations as close as Rome. They came from all over. And they also see in this in verse 8 is that they, they were Jews, but not only Jews, but they were also converts to Judaism. So there was those who were Gentiles that had converted to Judaism. Now in verse 9 through 11, we see where they come from. They came from the north, they came from the northeast, the east, the, north, the, 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 the southeast, the south. They came from every direction. Some of them came probably a short journey. Others, you're talking about over a month. If you came from Rome, it would have been, they would have probably most likely taken a ship and it would have took them over a month to get there and it would have been a very costly trip. But this was all to come together in one place for this festival. But understand how strategic God was is that during this festival, what he did. The Holy Spirit came down, filled that room, but that outfilling did not in that room. And that's, that's what happens when the Holy Spirit comes. It doesn't stay, it flows out. And that's what happened.
happened here. And they saw something going on and they came in to see what was going on. They were interested because they heard what was going on. And they wanted to know what was going on. And in verse 12 it says they were perplexed. What does this mean? They didn't understand what it meant. And then there was those who thought they were drunk and, 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 and made fun of them in, you know, in different ways. But as you read on in chapter 2, you will see that what happened was Peter, one of those who was filled with the Spirit, began to explain what was going on. And he, had, he was the first one to really preach a message and really birth the church. And he spoke of the many prophecies of this moment for those who would believe. But you know what? What really stuck me here, though, was that they were all together. All these nations were together. All these languages were together. All these different people are probably of different races and different colors were together. They weren't separate. They were together. They came, and why is that? Because they had one thing in common, what they believed. Well, that's the same thing with us as the body of Christ, is it not? What do we have in common? We have the Spirit of God in common. When we are filled with the Spirit, we have the Spirit of God. And that Spirit of God is the same in all of us, is it not? It might show itself in different ways, it might use you in different ways, but it's the same Spirit. And that's exactly what happened. And so when I read this, I seen unity. I seen God bringing unity. I saw Him bringing continuity. We started off as a church, we started off in continuity together. And you know, one thing I think about is how many times I've, I've talked to people of different languages that don't even speak the same language as I do. Say um, somebody from Brazil who speaks Portuguese or somebody with, um, who speaks Spanish, they don't speak any. But once, once you figure out that you're both believers, it doesn't matter. It does not matter because the Spirit is there and you, are, you become one. It doesn't matter. There's a love there. There's a respect for each other because we become one. And that's what the body of Christ is supposed to be. We are supposed to be one body. Not separated by our belief. We are supposed to be one with one spirit. It might be used in different ways, but we are one body and one spirit. No matter color, no matter language, no no matter what. In heaven, that's what we will have, will we not? You will have people from all nations. And it isn't funny how God would use this day that way. Bring all these people together and, and, and then show himself to all of them as knowing all the languages. God, there's no language that God does not know. He is, he is language, is he not? He is the language. And he gave us a language and it's a spiritual language and it's through his spirit. He gave a language and he gave a bond between each and every one of us to be one and to be together. As one. Amen. You know, I mean, I, I, I never, I remember coming here, and I, it's, Pastor had shared it earlier, but I remember coming here, and, and when I came here for, for the first time, I knew I was home. First time I walked in here, I knew I was home. First time I walked in here, I knew I had found what I was looking for. I didn't even know what it was. It was just a, it was a, it, there was a connection in my spirit. I wasn't even saved yet. But I knew this is what I've been searching for my whole life. 
And when I came, I never left. And then, you know what? To get to know the Spirit and, and to be filled with the Spirit and to be used by the Spirit and to walk in the Spirit has been a blessing. But it takes work. It takes obedience. It takes sacrifice. But it's all, every bit of it is worth it. But it also takes unity. It also takes unity, working together as one body, with one spirit. Which is, I think God, that is so important that he wants that to be put across, that it's one body and one spirit. Now, what is the first thing we need to do? Is that we need to receive this spirit. The first thing I had to do was receive this spirit. We must receive this spirit. As it talks about in Acts after he had shared his message and the Lord had empowered him and given Peter a boldness to share what he shared they said well what, what, what can we do what can we do that's what the people are saying what can we do then in Acts 2.38 it says repent and be baptized every one of you not just some of you every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That gift comes with salvation. That is the first part of the gift. It comes with our salvation. We receive the Holy Spirit. And when we receive that Holy Spirit, our life begins to change. Our thinking begins to change. Our heart begins to change. We begin to change. But that's just the beginning of the process that's going to take us a lifetime. Because we will always be changing through the Holy Spirit. He's always changing us. He's always showing us. He's always guiding. He's always doing something in our lives. He never leaves us. He's always with us. And it says in Acts 2, 39, This promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. He wants nobody to perish. He draws people. He calls people. He, 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 he draws people to himself. He uses some of us to draw people to himself. The Holy Spirit's always at work, never ending. Then Ephesians 1.13 says, When you believed, you were mocked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. When we first believed, we were mo- he mocked us. When we believed and when we surrendered, he mocked us with that Holy Spirit. So now, how do we identify each other? The Holy Spirit, through the Spirit. We are identified by our Spirit. People, I know people that are Christians by their Spirit. They know me as a Christian by my Spirit. That is a seal. We've been, we've been mocked. We've been sealed by him. As his, we are his. He chose us. He chose to infill us. He chose to use us. And he wants that for all, everybody. He wants it for everybody. But you have to receive it, that infilling of that Holy Spirit. You have to receive this Holy Spirit and realize, next, my next point is that you need to know. You need to know this infilling and the purpose of this infilling. You need to know the Holy Spirit. You need to know who he is. You need to know what he does. You need to realize who he is. Well, 
One of the first things he does, what, what did he do? He convicts. First thing he did, think about it. When, he, when, when Peter said, repent. Conviction. That's what it was. That word that Peter gave brought conviction. People repented. People were baptized through conviction. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. He convicts the world of sin. Think about the things that, that the way you lived before you got saved. The things we did. We didn't even think of them as sin, did we? I didn't think of what I did as sin. I didn't see, you know, I didn't even know. But then, now guess what? Now I know. All of a sudden, you, you, you go, and you're like, oh, wow. I can't believe I used to do that. It's, it's actually a conviction. It, it, it convicts the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. John 16, 8 says, when he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. It is the Holy Spirit that shows truth. It is the Holy Spirit that lets us know between right and wrong. It is the Holy Spirit. And, and, and let me tell you, if you listen to the world, you, you, you'll be wrong, I think, because I think, I think it scales a little off. But when we have the Holy Spirit, He lets us know. Now when He lets us know, we make a choice. And sometimes we're going to fail on those choices, aren't we? Does he leave us because of that? No. Again, we get convicted, do we not? And we come back to him, repent, and, and we ask for forgiveness. But you know what? The longer we're saved and the longer we know, the less we sin. We should. The less we do that, the less we, the less we even want to do that. Because of the, because of the Holy Spirit. So he, the Holy Spirit is the one who shows what is right and wrong, and the Holy Spirit is the one who also shows what is righteous, the righteous, the goodness. He shows what is Christ-like. He shows Christ. He reveals it to us. And he also shows judgment on what is going to be judged. Another thing the Holy Spirit does, and we need to get to know, is that he bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. That he, he bears witness with us that we are identified with him now. We are no longer our own. We are his. We, have, we don't have the right to make our choices like we used to. We don't have that right any longer. There will be a price to pay for the choices that we make now because of the Holy Spirit that is inside of us. And it's a good thing. It's to keep us on the right track, not to hurt us. It's for a good reason. In Romans 8, 16, the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that, that we are God's children. So if we are filled with the Spirit, it lines up with him. And that's how we know, because our spirit agrees with his spirit. That's how we know. That's how we identify with him. That's how we know we are his, because of the Spirit that is inside of us. He also was sent to be our helper. To help us. We couldn't walk this walk alone. We cannot. For those of you who are walking in alone, if you are, then you're going to find out. You're going to get beat up. You're going to get beat up. It's going to hurt. It's going to be hard. Harder, I would say. <laughs> it's going to be harder. Until, I've, until we surrender and give up and realize what he's given us. He has given us a helper. He has given us somebody who can help us through this walk. Who, who, who comforts us. He comforts us. The Holy Spirit comforts us. 
John 14, 16 says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and to be with you forever. The Holy Spirit will be with us forever. We will never be without him. He's always there for us. He's always there for us to tune into him and to be with him and to, and to walk with him. Always. If we need help, he is there. He doesn't leave us. He doesn't strand, strand us. We are not abandoned. We are not orphaned. We are adopted. Are we not? And he takes us, and he shows us, and he guides us. That's what the Holy Spirit does. That's what this, this day, this happened. This is what he provided for us. He provided everything we need to be who he called us to be. Everything has been provided. Everything. We just need to tap into it. We just need to be aware that it's there. He's also there to guide you in all truth. John 16, 13 says, But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. That comes to reading the word. That comes to reading through the spirit. That comes to praying. That, you know what? I want to know, show me a show of hands of those who first read the Bible, understood the Bible. I don't see any hands up. Because understand, when I first read the Bible for the first time, it did not make sense to me. And for most of us, it didn't. Because we, were not, we didn't know anything. But you know what? As we prayed, and as we continued, and as we persevered and pressed in, what happened? Our eyes were opened up. All of a sudden, the Holy Spirit started revealing things to us, little by little. And then it started to make sense. And it all fell into place, did it not? But it came through pressing in. It came through the Holy Spirit. When we were ready, he opened it up. And little by little, he keeps on opening up. And he will always be opening up the word to us. He will always be opening up new things to us. He will always be showing us revelations, new revelations. And these, not, these are not revelations from the world. These are revelations from him. They come from him. They come through his word. There's plenty of people out there that say they have revelations about things that have nothing to do with God or the word. But this is, comes from God. This comes from His Word. If He wants you to know it, you need to know it, He'll let you know it. If you're tuned into Him, He will let you know it. He will reveal it to you. He will open your eyes to you. And He will show it to the body. He will show us. He does it through the, through the gifts of the Spirit. Right here this morning, He does. He speaks to us. He speaks to us. So he is our guide. He, we, need to, he, we, need to, we need to follow our guide. We need to follow our guide. He's been given to us to follow our guide. I mean, I know when I'm not, I'll tell you that. It's obvious. It's obvious when I'm not following my guide because then all of a sudden I get myself in trouble or I'm, I realize, you know, what am I doing? And all of a sudden you realize, hey, get back, get back on that narrow road. Get back on that narrow road. It's not a wide road, it's a narrow road. This Holy Spirit is a gift giver of spiritual gifts. He gives us spiritual gifts in the body of Christ. 
He would, you know, the pastor was talking about earlier about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Now, that's the second part of the Holy Spirit. I really didn't get into that in the first service. But you have the, all of us receive the Holy Spirit through salvation. But then you have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then the baptism, God can use you in mighty ways through the baptism of the Holy Spirit, through, through, through tongues, through a spiritual language. But it also talks about it in 1 Corinthians 12. It says, message of wisdom, message of knowledge, faith, healing, miraculous powers, prophecy, distinguishing between spirits, speaking in tongues, and another interpretation of tongues. These are all gifts for the body of Christ through the Spirit. They are gifts that he's provided to us to give us things, spiritual things that we can use and be empowered by and, and, and be able to help others through them and, and elevate the body of Christ. And to, well, to elevate him, actually. But it is to bring us together and to us to be used by him in a powerful way. But these gifts are important. We heard a gift this morning. That was a gift. It lined, it lined up with my spirit. I know that. Totally lined up with my spirit. Totally lined up with the God I know. And that's so important when that happens. It's God is edifying the, edifying the church. And also, this spirit that's been given to us produces spiritual gifts. Spiritual fruit, I should say. Spiritual fruit in our lives. This fruit is so important. For me, it is. It's so important to measure myself where I'm at. I'll never forget when I came to Christ, there wasn't much love. There wasn't much joy. There wasn't much peace. There wasn't much patience. There wasn't much kindness. There wasn't much goodness. There wasn't much, wasn't much faithfulness. There wasn't much gentleness or self-control. These were all lacking in my life. Did I ask for these things? No, I didn't ask. But I did receive them through the Holy Spirit. By, by knowing the Holy Spirit, filled with the Spirit, all of a sudden these things started to change in my life. My love began to change. The way I looked at people began to change. My compassion, my empathy began to change. My patience became to change. I became more patient. I wasn't so stressed out and off the wire. I was calmer. I was a lot calmer. I'm a very aggressive person. I, was, I became gentle. My wife will confess to that. I was not a very gentle person before I got saved. I am very, I'm, a, I'm kind of assertive. <laughs> I have a tendency, I'm still assertive, but not towards people anymore. <laughs> but when I think about that gentleness, my, you know, and that came through the Holy Spirit. That came, it also came through my wife too because my wife is gentle and, she, and, we, and she's, she, her, 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 her infilling of the Holy Spirit even with me. My faithfulness, my good, you know, my kindness and my self-control. I am a lot more controlled now than I was before. I'm I a lot more self-controlled. I have a lot, I, I, I depend on the Spirit. I depend on my Spirit. I don't just do things all off the, off the cuff. I depend on the Spirit to lead me. And that's self-control. That's what helps with self-control is when we depend on the Spirit that's in us. And we have control over our actions and what we do because of that Spirit that is in us. You know, but one thing. 
We have a choice to make. Because we're still fighting with the flesh. And you know what? When we are tempted, the flesh is there and he's tempting us, yeah. But that spirit's also there. And that spirit's letting us know it's wrong. It does. It's doing that. The choice we make is so important. You know what? In the beginning, I probably chose my flesh a lot. But the more I matured in Christianity, I, I, I went towards the spirit more. And I didn't gratify the flesh anymore, which is so important. Because let me tell you, the gratifying of the flesh doesn't satisfy, it doesn't last, it does nothing. And it's never, ever satisfied. It's always hungry. If you feed it, the more you feed it, the more it's going to be hungry. But the more we feed our spirit, the same thing. The more it's going to continue to grow and get hungry and be fed and need to be fed. So we we need to receive the spirit. We need to know the spirit. But we also need to walk in the spirit which is so important, is walking in the Spirit. You know, we must throw off those things that are hindering us or entangle us in our lives. We must throw them off. Like it talks about in Hebrews 12.1. Let's throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Like Christ he went to the cross and he died. We must also die. Our flesh must die. Our, these things that, and, and, that hinder us and entangle us must die. They must die. We must get rid of them. We cannot allow them to... We need to get rid of them. And, we, and in order to walk in the Spirit, we need to do that. There's things in our life sometimes that we need to get rid of. There's things that entangle us or hinder us that we need to get rid of. Or they need to change in order for us to walk in the fullness of the Spirit that has been given to us. We must also sow in the Spirit. We must feed the Spirit. Let me tell you, when you fed your flesh, boy, it wanted more, 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 more. Did it not? When you feed your flesh, it wants more and more and more, and it never satisfied. When we feed our Spirit, guess what? It wants more, but it does, get, it does bring satisfaction. That's the benefit of it. There is satisfaction because we get these things, this peace, this comfort, this joy in our lives through this Spirit that we feed. Now, how do we, it says in Galatians 6, 8, whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. So we need to sow into this spirit. We need to feed it. A lot of times I use it as a good dog and a bad dog. I always said that. You have two dogs. And if you keep on feeding the bad dog, he's going to keep on getting bigger and louder and, 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 and more aggressive. And the other dog's going to get weaker. But if you keep on feeding that, eventually that dog will die. That flesh will die. Our flesh needs to die. We need to stop feeding it. There's so many ways that we feed our flesh. And the world doesn't help any. Because the world looks to feed the flesh. It's not looking to feed our spirit. It's looking to feed the flesh. It's looking to draw us in to things that are not good. But we need to feed our spirit through the word, through prayer, through just being in the spirit, being coming together in the body of Christ. One, coming here, 
being, being empower, encouraging each other, lifting each other up, being one in spirit, being, and leaving here and going out and doing what God has called us to do. But we've got to meet together in order for that to happen. We've got to come together. We also must be a living sacrifice. Romans 12, 1 and 2, it says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. How many times have I heard people ask, What's God's will? I don't know what God's will is. Well, I, I always send them to this scripture here. Give up. Give up. Become a sacrifice. Become a living sacrifice. Just, just focus on God. You will figure out what his will is. It will come to you. Just, we, need to, we need to be a living sacrifice. We need, to be, we need to be this sacrifice. We need to be a sacrifice for him. And he will show you what his will is. And we know what his will is. And we know, first of all, we know that we need to love. Love others like we love ourselves. Treat others the way we want to be treated. Amen. Love God. I mean, we know this is his will. This is something that we need to do all the time. The more we get into his word and the more that we sacrifice and give ourselves over to him, the more we will know who he is. We need to pray in the Spirit. Romans 8.26 says, In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. If we don't know how to pray, we have somebody that can pray for us. That's the Holy Spirit. We need to, depend on, we need to know this Spirit that prays and intercedes for us. Jesus, it says in the Word that Jesus also intercedes for us. But the Spirit also did. We're all praying. We're all connected. It's there for us. We don't know how to pray. Somebody says that, then we need to seek that. We just need to allow the Spirit to move and just learn how to pray through that Spirit. And then to walk, to walk in the Spirit, we must also obey the prompting of the Spirit. John 10.4 says, When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. We need to know the voice of the Holy Spirit. We need to know when we're led. You know, I deal, I'll be honest with you, I deal with a lot of people. And I deal with a lot of different things. And I have to pray. I've had to learn to pray. What does God want me to do? What not to do? I've had to learn. And I've had to learn how to wait. I've had to learn how to say no at times. And it's only because the Spirit hasn't led me there. But I've also had to learn to say yes when I didn't want to. Many times. Many times there's things I've, that I did not want to deal with, but the Spirit says, you you got to do it. The Spirit will prompt me to do things that I wouldn't normally do. That is what we, we need to be in that place where we do that. Where we, are, where we are in tune with the Spirit. We are listening. We know Him. We know His promptings. We know when He's pushing us or prompting us to do something. We need to know that. We need to test it. If we test it, we will know it. 
When you test it and you do it, then you then you realize you you did what he wanted. You, you did. Then you will realize you are doing the will of the Father. But that doesn't mean you have to do everything. That's for sure. Because I, there's plenty of times when I, I'll pray and the Lord will he will just he won't say anything. So I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'm okay. I don't have to. I don't have to. You know. But I'll wait. But I but I've had to learn to wait also. It's probably one of the hardest things to do is wait. Sometimes when we don't, we're not prompted, doesn't mean we won't be prompted. He can prompt us a little bit later. But we have to wait. We have to pray. We have to be seeking. We have to be listening. We have to be in tune. We have to be available. These are the things that for us to walk in the Spirit, that's what we need to do. So, we must receive, we must know, and we must walk in in order to, to get the full potential of what God has for us. These are the things we must do. The, full, the fullness of who he wants us to be. That's through the Holy Spirit. That's why he gave the Holy Spirit. You know, one word came to me when I was preparing this was completeness. He, he, you know, his death, but in order to complete, it was his Holy Spirit that came. It brought completeness to his death, to his victory, so that we can walk in victory through the Spirit of God. So I'm just going to pray, and the pastor's going to come up. Lord, I just thank you, Lord Jesus, for your word. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for your spirit, Lord. I just pray, Lord Jesus, that I'm... I just pray, Lord Jesus, that that you will speak the way you want to speak. You will do what you want to do right now, Lord Jesus, and that your spirit will move in the way you want it to move, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'd like to take a a copy of that message, send it to all the churches around. Every church needs to have the Holy Spirit working in their midst. Can we stand together? We're going to pray again, but I want to I break it down into two different areas. Um, my, my first, the first area would be a, a prayer for salvation because that's the first infilling of the Holy Spirit. You can't be saved without the Holy Spirit. And so, and then I want to pray for uh, the second phase would be the baptism in the Holy Spirit. But is there anyone here today? that feels like, you know, you know a lot about Jesus. You know a lot about the Christian faith. and But you know in your heart of hearts that you're, you're holding back something from God. And today's your day to simply receive the Lord, confess your sins before God, and, and start with, maybe start with a new, a new sense of, you know, Regeneration. Maybe you've accepted the Lord at some point, but today you want to renew your commitment to the Lord. Is there anyone like that? We're just talking about salvation right here. Does anyone need to get saved or renew your walk with God? I see one hand back there. I see another hand over here. Thank you. Good seeing you, brother. God bless you. Uh, anyone else with these two? Come on. This is a, a, just a prayer of salvation. I want to reestablish my walk with you, Lord. Anyone? Yes? Okay. Thank you. Very good. This is, we have to start here. <laughs> you know, we have to, anyone at home on live stream, you know, I can't see your hand, but we'll be praying with you. Uh, so what, what we're saying is, have you come to a place in your life where, you, where you're not satisfied? 
you realize there's more to God and you, you just want to give God an opportunity to cleanse you again and refresh you and fill you with, with, with salvation. All right, so we're going to pray for that right now. Father, Lord, you saw the hands. You see the hands at home, and you know the hearts of everyone here and at home that's watching this on live stream. Father, we just all come before you today, and we simply say, Lord God, we're a sinful people. We need you, Lord. We open up our heart. We believe in Jesus. We believe in his death and resurrection and ascension and his promise to come back again. We believe all of that, but today we make it personal, and we ask you, Lord Jesus, come into our hearts and establish your kingdom in our hearts today. Lord, for some, maybe it's the first time, but for others, maybe it's the 10th the time or whatever. But we ask you, Lord, come into our hearts today and establish your kingdom in our lives. Let us truly be born again. And may the spirit of God bear witness with our spirit right now that we are children of God. That's what your word says. So, Lord, I pray and we pray for anyone that, that can hear this prayer right now, that we would all be in agreement that, Lord, we surrender to you. We confess our sins before you. We open our hearts to receive you as our Lord and Savior in Jesus name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, secondly, I want to take a minute and pray for the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Now, when you, when you study that passage of Acts 2, if you go back to John 20, uh, you'll see that Jesus breathed on those apostles, and they received the Holy Spirit in that context of salvation. But here in Acts, they were re receiving the Holy Spirit in the context of empowerment from Acts 1.8. So my second prayer, my second question is this. Is there anyone here that belongs to Jesus? You're a Christian, but you want to receive the power from on high to be a great witness for the Lord. And, you know, if you get into that now, the, the initial evidence would be the speaking of other tongues and, the, and exercising the gifts and so forth. But we believe in a second work of God's grace. Does anyone want to receive that? You know my testimony. Pam and I were Christians for five years before we received that aspect of the Holy Spirit. And we always attended a Pentecostal church. I always felt good about it anyway. So we're going to pray. Anyone, anyone else? Want to, I want to receive the baptism. All right? Yeah. Good. Good. All right. So if, if I had a magic wand, I, I would do it. I, I don't. <laughs> we just pray for it. We pray for God to move. And I would encourage you, even after today's service, pray for God to fill, baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Have other people pray over you, maybe lay hands on you. And we'll continue to, to do that as, as we move forward throughout the year. So let's pray. Father, Lord, thank you for the word today, first of all. Thank you for the, that, the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for the birth of your church on Pentecost Sunday. Lord, all those people were there gathered together. They didn't even know what was going on. But Lord, you used that opportunity to birth your church with an anointing of your spirit, oh God. And so Lord, now as we are your church, we're praying in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you would baptize us with fire. Baptize us, Lord, with an anointing of your spirit. Your spirit is in us. In us, Now may he come upon us that we would be a strong witness for you in our Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the outermost parts of the world. So, Lord God, those that raise their hands in particular, we pray, Lord, that you would baptize us with that fire, baptize us with that anointing. 
not for salvation, but for empowerment to live out our salvation. Lord, many of us are living in difficult situations, whether it's with unsafe family members or difficult uh, people at work or different difficult circumstances or health problems or whatever. Lord, we need that baptism to be a witness for you in the midst of our dire circumstances. So, Lord, all we can do is pray for it and ask you for it. As your word says, if a son asks a father for a gift, would he not give him the gift? How much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who, who ask for it? So we're asking for it, Lord, that you would send your Holy Spirit, baptize us with your Holy Spirit. Maybe, Lord, some for the first time, maybe some for the 100th time. Give us a fresh infilling of your Holy Spirit. Oh, God. And Lord, let us, let us experience that, yes, with the speaking of tongues, but not only that, let us experience that with having the fruit of the Spirit evidenced in our lives. Let us experience that with walking in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Let us experience that with having a wisdom and an, uh, a confidence to share the things of God with the unsaved, that we would be a good witness for you. So, Lord, we, we're praying for it. We pray that as we go forward this week, this afternoon, th throughout Monday, Tuesday, etc., that we would sense an answer to these prayers, that we know we're saved and we, we know that we're filled with your Holy Spirit. So thank you, Lord, for hearing us. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to us through your word. Thank you for uh, Pastor Bill's message and the heart that you gave him to share it today. Let us leave here excited that we're Pentecostal people and we welcome the spirit of the living God upon every aspect of our lives. So thank you, Lord. We give you all praise and all glory today. May your blessing be upon us as we go. Let us enjoy the beautiful weather and uh, bring us back together tonight at six for our live stream prayer. But may your blessing rest upon us and upon our families. In Jesus name we pray. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. I have one more quick announcement. Uh, Gina, Nikki's not here today. Uh, so Nikki had, remember a few weeks ago we had a water baptism. And one of our ladies was, uh, was it two weeks ago? Oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> but I just wanted to announce that the baby came. The baby's name is Josie and all is well. We'll give her our love and we'll continue to pray for them. All right. God bless you. Uh, join us tonight at live stream at 6 if you can. Have a great week. See you soon.